Count money, man. Money, Stack man. riches. Fine, fine, told, try and told him I'm a beast, blood. What's up, gang? Welcome gang? to the Grindcast. Simon Arias here. Get, here. Ready. Get ready. It's a new day. What's up, gang? Welcome back to the Grindcast. Simon Arias here, and the Justin Adams is going to be rocking with me uh, this morning. What's up, Justin? What's My man. Yeah. So uh, me and J.A. became close friends at the age of 13 years old. Um, I reluctantly went to uh, Ursland. It was in the summer. I didn't want to go to Ursland. And uh, so I was, uh, Justin was my first friend in, uh, in high school going to, uh, to, to Ursland. And his last name was Adams and mine was Arius. So they would start to put us next to each other and, yep. and uh, sit us behind each other. I would sit behind him in, in, uh, in class and the rest is the rest is history. So uh, Justin uh, ended up being a, a beast of an athlete, uh, won a state championship in baseball, won a state championship in football, was a beast in track, running 100. And uh, what, what else did you do in track, Jay? Uh, long jump. Long jump. 200-meter uh, dash, four by one, uh, and that's about it. So was a beast athlete, great student, and uh, went on to – play football at the division two level with me at Mercyhurst where he started as a true freshman, uh, graduated with an accounting degree, uh, started playing, um, as a corner defense as a freshman played, uh, running back your sophomore year or junior year, junior year, junior year, switched over to the other side of the ball was a running back and, uh, was able to, was, was able to do both at a high level, kick returner, the whole deal. Uh, one thing that sticks out to me about you, Justin, is always having the ability from high school all the way to being an adult. I feel like you've had the ability to play under extreme pressure and keep yourself calm and be able to perform and deliver in crunch time. So I could think of multiple times in sports you know be it watching you play in a state championship game in baseball where you would come through mm -hmm. in in critical moments uh sharing the football field with you where we would go to Sharon the second uh game of our senior year where we would play a, a nationally ranked uh Sharon Tigers football team with six guys going D1 us as an underdog and we come out with a 10-point victory where you would score multiple touchdowns and and uh, outrun Marlon Jackson, t you know, to the end zone, who ended up being a Super Bowl champion, starting defensive back for the Colts, uh, All-American corner for, for Michigan, and um, always able to come through in crunch time. I remember playing against Warren Harding, uh, fourth quarter, a couple minutes left in the game. You know, we it's hard to score on each other. We're down, you know, five five points, and, and next thing I know, Justin breaks 85 yards, and, <laughs> and uh, we win that game. And so in, whether it was in sports, in high school, or in college, then we trans, transition over into business, and then you have life adversities that happen in, in, in your personal life with your wife, and, and, uh, and different things have come up in business, and somehow, some way, you're always able to keep a, a, a cool head about yourself and come through in crunch time, be it for your family, or business, or even all the way back in sports. That has to be somewhat of a of a of a mindset, not just a right. skill set, because a lot of people got the skill set, but they can't keep that type of a mindset. 
what has happened? What what did you learn? What goes on in your mind in in crunch time that has allowed you to be one of those type of people? Right. Uh, I mean, I think the biggest thing is my 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 parents raised me to not want to lose. You know, a lot of people love to win, but you know, I hate to lose. So when I when I prepare for things and I know that yeah, I might lose a hundred percent of the time, but uh, it's all about the preparation. So when I prepare, I'm acting like, you know, they, they're going to need me fourth down and one. Uh, when I prepare, I, I want to be that person that hits the home run or wins the game, you know, for baseball. So when I'm preparing, there's one thing that I can control, and it's myself. You know, I can control my response, and I can control how hard I work because you never know when you're going to be put in that environment. I always try to be the first person uh, in, in the weight room other than you. You know, or we got there at the same time if we rode together. So I think my preparation in times when maybe we weren't in the limelight doing things uh, really got me to whenever that time came, um, I was able to stay calm. Uh, and then dealing with adversity in life, I realized that it doesn't matter who you are. It's going to happen. So when that adversity happens, I always have a response. You know, I can either run away from it, but that's not going to get me anywhere. Or I can attack it and understand it's just one day you know, one week, one month, but it's not going to be a full year. They always say, you know, whenever there's a rainstorm or a thunderstorm, it sometimes has to end. And then what happens? A rainbow happens. A rainbow comes. So um, I know that deep down inside, it's not going to be there forever. And I know I want to be that go-to person. You know, no one wants to be that bench starter or, or not playing in the game. I wanted to be the go-to person. So when I was preparing, I was preparing to be that person. And now in business, I want to be the go-to person also. So I know that adversities will come, and I know that reading in the Bible, uh, there was tons of adversities, people, you know, getting killed, things happening to them, but they didn't lose their faith. So at the end of the day, you have to keep that faith and know that adversity will come. But if you're preparing for something, you just got to prepare. And then when that time happens, you got to shine and use all the things that you prepare and all the things that you learned um, in that in that situation. What, what, what type of so a lot of it is, you know, preparation, mm -hmm. uh, which breeds confidence. Confidence yes. allows you to stay calm in in, uh, in crunch time moments. But sometimes in life, you can't really practice or prepare for certain things. Right. And so, you know, you think of, you know, if, if we can be open, you know, mm -hmm. with people to grow. Yeah. You know, you've had moments in your personal life where uh, your wife would have miscarriages. Mm -hmm. Hard to pr practice for that. Yes. Uh, your your mother-in-law. uh you know, Tyler, uh, Tyler's mom mm -hmm. would would suddenly pass away. You, you right. can't practice and prepare for that. You can't. Uh, recently, her brother passed away. Mm -hmm. Can't practice and prepare for that. No, not at and all. So not under all. all of those circumstances, and those mm -hmm. are just to name a few. Right. Before all of that, I've right. watched you go through personal life stuff and, and, and find a way to come out on top. Mm -hmm. What goes through your mind you know, as, as your, your ability to, you know, as you went through miscarriages, I watch right. you still come to work with a positive attitude. Mm -hmm. I watch you still show up for your team as a leader and, right. and, and not really show what was going on mm -hmm. in your personal life. We have a stressful job as it is. Right. And so I watch things go on, you know, with, with, uh, with your wife and, and uh, her mom and brother and all these things pop up to where you have to be there with three young kids right. and still get the job done mm -hmm. at work. That is not normal. Right. It's not normal. No. What goes on in your head? How can you can, can you articulate to somebody yeah. else? You know, if you're giving them wisdom or teaching mm -hmm. 
you know, how do you go through those tough times? You know, yeah. people think they go through tough oh, times. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they break up with a girlfriend or yeah. boyfriend and, you know, they don't show up to work for two weeks. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're losing, you know, close loved ones, yeah. you know, miscarriages, and you're still showing up and getting the job done and being there for the family mm -hmm. and being a husband and a dad. What tips do you have for people? Yeah, the tip that I have, and it's simple, but a lot of people don't do it. It's, it's really the mind, body, and spirit. Uh, you know, I try to feed my mind every single day, not just one or two days. I feed my mind. Uh, I, I, I feed my body where I'm making sure that I'm working out. I know I got a boot on my leg right now from playing basketball. I tore my Achilles tendon. Uh, but I'm always trying to work out because a lot of stress and frustration, you don't want to go punch somebody or punch a wall, but you can get it out on the weights. You can get it out in that work in, in that in that uh, in that weight room. And then the third biggest key I feel that a lot of people miss is the spirit. You know, I know that the spirit, if you read the Bible, there's been so many instances of them losing loved ones. And, and I always think about at, at uh, they killed Jesus, you know, someone who was trying to deliver everyone. They killed Jesus. So there's going to be attacks. There's going to be things that happen. And, and I know that what I'm thinking about in my mind is that someone else somewhere has it worse. Someone else somewhere lost a baby that maybe was nine months old. They went through the whole pregnancy of getting big, eating way, eating crazy things, and now they lost their baby. And that's way worse than me losing my brother-in-law. You know, I, I know it's not easy to lose a brother-in-law, but imagine that mom going through, you know, nine months, 12 months of that pregnancy. Uh, so I try to put myself in the position and be there for everybody going through it because I want to be sympathetic for them. But I also want to put myself in a position that, guess what, it's not just me. And I know that even though that person— Keeping that perspective. I think it. that's huge. You got it. And they pass away. Life still has to go on. I still have children that I have to build up. I still have a wife that I have to love 100%. I still have friends. I still have people that need me leadership-wise. And if I crawl underneath a rock and don't come out, then I'm doing them a disservice. You know, someone, I think a pastor back in the day, told me that you cannot get mad if someone went to heaven. Because they have it a lot better off than you do. It's better up there than it is down here. So I think I try to tell people that. Try to tell people that God doesn't make mistakes. Even though we don't know what happened or why it happened, we'll know at some point in time. But he doesn't make mistakes. So I know if I keep those things always in my mind, that mind, body, and spirit, working out, feeding my mind, I know I can now be a person and I got to be the rock. You know what I mean? The man's job in a family is to be the rock you know, for that family. So I got to be that rock. I got to be that person. And that's what feeds me that mind, body, and spirit. So that I'm able to give that to other people going through. Talk a little know, bit more about that mind, body, you know, spirit mm -hmm. training. For, for those of you guys listening out there, I talked about some of Justin's um, sports accomplishments, but from a business perspective, you know, Justin doesn't really have a year where he makes less than a half a million dollars in income. Bless. He's had years where, you know, he's made nine hundred thousand mm -hmm. dollars in, in, in income. This year will be over three quarters of a million dollars. Mm -hmm. Uh has uh what are you, fifteen, thirteen, fifteen thousand a month in residual yeah. income? 15. fifteen thousand a month. So before he wakes up out of bed every month, fifteen thousand ACH into his account from things that he's done in the past yeah. in this business. And so I I, I want to give you this isn't just a um I have him on the podcast because he's my buddy. <laughs> you know, this is somebody that that knows what he's doing and has been able to play at a high level on and off the field and do it all while handling a bunch of adversity. Talk to us a little bit more about that mind, body, spirit. Maybe somebody's hearing this for the first time. Mm -hmm. They don't know what that means. How do they go about it? What would you suggest 
uh, somebody. Again, it goes back to preparation. So we talked about yes. in sports, you over-prepare mm-hmm. to be ready for that moment. Now you're talking about I'm preparing mind, body, spirit to be ready for these adversities. You got so it. So the preparation of mind, body, spirit. Yeah. So so starting with the mind, uh, just just reading books. You know, who's your favorite author? Uh, and, and I would say read their books. If you're in leadership, what John if they Maxwell, don't have one? Um, find one. You know, John Maxwell, awesome leadership expert. Uh, you know that I love to read. Uh, they have a lot of other books. You know, from uh, Relentless. If you're a sports person, Relentless is an awesome book. Uh, Tim Grover, uh, the guy who trained Michael Jordan. So if you love sports, love basketball, I mean, that's an awesome book uh, to get you to get you going. Uh, but John Maxwell has books on leadership. He has books on changing, growing. And I think with your mind, a lot of people forget about growth. You know, if you're not in that growth mindset, you're not going to grow. My father had a stroke um, a year ago, and I remember the, him, the doctor telling him, if you do not read the newspaper, read books, then you are going to lose everything that you basically gained for 50, 60 years. You're going to lose all your perspective. You're going to lose all the knowledge that you gain. So I take that and I, and I use it to myself. You know, when the doctor was talking, um, every single month I'm reading a book, every single trying to get two, three off the shelves, I'm going to read them and then I go back and read them. Uh, you know, but you got to find, I would say John Maxwell, awesome, awesome person uh, to read a book. I mean, Britton Costa wrote a book, you know, in our agency, the leadership code, uh, which is great if you're a leader. And, and, I, and I talk about leadership a lot because leaders are, are the next generation. You know, uh, in, in anywhere, I know I keep referencing the Bible or whatnot, but they say you should want the next generation to be better. You know, so you got to be able to change yourself and be in that growth mindset because if you're not growing, you're dying. And essentially, you're not really living. So that's the first part with the mind. And I try to get something in every single day, at least an hour you know, or at least 30 minutes if you're on the go. Podcasts are huge. You can just, and they're free, right? Right. I mean, what we're doing right now, um, a podcast, you know, every single day, not just, you know, one day. Uh, your body, working out. You got to find ways to to, to work out. Uh, you know, even if that's, you know, something that you're just doing in your home, you're walking, you're running, uh, it just starts to stimulate your mind. And I think that uh, in addition to the, you know, part of the body that sometimes people don't talk about is, the nutrition and hydration, mm-hmm. you know, drinking enough water, uh, the, the what you're a eating, gallon. the type of food you're putting in, in your body, all the stuff that people think's no big deal. Yeah. They don't understand why they're getting tired mm-hmm. and other people aren't. Right. Or why they get sick yeah. more than other people get Got sick. It. These are ways that you're going to be able to. It's hard to have a positive attitude mm-hmm. when your body is sick. Amen. It's hard. Amen. It's hard to have Amen. the amount of energy put towards family and business and what you need to if you're feeling tired and sick and, mm-hmm. and drained of, of of energy. Well, nutrition, yes, working out, uh-huh. all those things. That's why at all times it yes. ties into the mindset. Yes. Oh yeah. You got to have the hunger and desire to want to do it. You know that that's the first meeting point. That desire. If you don't have that desire to want to get better, to want to grow, then then you're not going to grow. Um, you know, you got to find somebody who's doing it and try to mimic what they what they want to do. I remember in school, they got mad at us for 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 copying off people. But when you're an adult, you can copy off anybody that you want. And just mimic them and mimic what success is. And then the spirit, um, big piece. You know, I would say try to get into a church if you can. Uh, you know, we have a great pastor, Pastor Nuzo. He's awesome at Victory Family Church. Uh, but even if I wasn't going there, there's podcasts for Joel Osteen. Uh, there's podcasts for T.D. Jakes, uh, Stephen Furtick. There's so many people coming up in this world and try to find one that you like. You know, if you go listen to Stephen Furtick, you don't like him, go to Joel Osteen. 
If you don't like Joel Osteen, go to TD Jakes. If you don't like TD Jakes, find someone that can get you there. You know, because if you're like I said, not working on those things daily, uh, you're, you're gonna you're gonna be dying. You got to get on that mind. You got to be prepared. You got to be prepared for that adversity that inevitably is going to happen. Right. By training the inside you got it. of you and the outside of you to, to be prepared for that moment. Let's rewind a little bit and then let's get into some business stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's rewind to, what, what was it, Justin? Were, were you seventh grade uh, when you lost your, your mom? Yes. When your mom passed, uh, passed before away? Before my first ever football game. Okay. Seventh so grade. Talk, talk to us a little bit about that. What, you know, I, I know that's a you know, hard subject even still at 36 mm-hmm. years old. Um, but you've gotten better at being more open, mm-hmm. you know, about it. And and I think you'll help a lot of people. They, right. These are things that not everybody can relate to unless you've been there. Yeah. And there's people out there that need to hear about it. How oh, did yeah. you overcome it? How do you deal with it? Mm-hmm. Uh, how did you feel in that moment? You know, yeah. h- how have you been able to get through that? Right, right. Uh, yeah, it was seventh. It was uh, seventh grade. Uh, you know, I got home from football practice. I had never played football ever. Ever. So I always played soccer, basketball at the YMCA, never played football. And uh, she was getting sick. Uh, she basically was, I mean, my dad still lives in this home, and uh, she was getting sick. She was on hospice. And I remember just having to, you know, help with the oxygen tanks and anything that she would need. And they had a hospital bed set up in our in our house. And when I got home, I remember someone saying that, you know, my mom had passed away. And immediately, I remember, like it was yesterday, I ran upstairs. You know, no, I didn't show any emotion just yet. Uh, but I ran upstairs, and, you know, I started to cry. Started to, you know, uh, sob because I knew that she would never be able to see me play football, see me play sports, something that I've been waiting for seven years. And they, I mean, not seven years, 13 years to play, and uh, they would never let me play. So she never, ever got to see me play football at all whatsoever. Um, I know she's seeing me play. Um, she, I know she saw me play in heaven, of course. Uh, but 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 that was was hard, you know, all my life, you know, just not having that that woman figure, you know, there. But uh, they say a village, you know, it takes a village to raise a family. And we had so many people around us that were, were loving. Uh, we were in Jack and Jill of America back then, which was just an organization for African-Americans. Uh, my mom was a Delta. Uh, my dad was a Kappa. So we had a family around us that surrounded us that made us food, you know, every single day, you know, of the week for almost like 90 days. Because, of course, you know, the woman usually makes the food, you know. Uh, I saw my dad was very strong, you know, in, in, in this instance. And, and that made me, you know, pretty strong. So I think having surroundings around me uh, made me very strong about it. And then once I got into college, I got, you know, basically was reminded really to high school. I used to wear a pen, you know, every, every game that I let you win in a state championship game. And you felt... It helped you, you know, in the state championship game, get that get that interception. That was a turning tide of the game. Uh, but but I think every year that I got a little bit older, I was in college now, was, you know, I, I feel like I started to sense that God put me through this for a reason. Because then our college teammate, Jason Staley, on, on Valentine's Day, I think our senior year, lost his mom. And I was able to help him in that, in that, in that whole situation deal with that. And, and I think now it's not what happens to you. It's how you, like I said, respond. And so I look at every instance adversity-wise, being my mother passed away or anything, and I take it as this is something that's going to help someone else later on. Not myself, but someone else later on. And, and that's the approach I take just so I can get through those little adversities. Love it. Um, you know, it sounds like a lot of it, you know, was watching your dad. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if, 
he wouldn't have handled it right. It would have been hard for you to handle right. it right. So oh, yes. it's a uh, shout out to Mr. Adams, you know, because you've been great at handling mm -hmm. adversity. Yes. And it sounds like it started with you watching him handle oh, yeah. one of the hardest adversities that a person can, can deal with mm -hmm. and stay strong. Right. So you model that. Yes. And it would just keep continuing, oh, yes. you know, throughout, right. throughout, you know, throughout the rest of mm -hmm. your life. Um, let's roll into business a little bit. All right. And, um, you know, Justin, you know, one of the things I think everybody, you know, would be able to say about you is, is not only are you reliable and dependable and trustworthy and all of that stuff, but work ethic, mm -hmm. you know, it's very difficult to find anyone that has a better work ethic, you know, than, than you, can you give us some, some advice in, 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 in business, you know, what you've learned, you've bounced around to other offices, helped to open up other offices. Uh, you've, even though it seems like we've been doing this a while, you know, we're, we're young still. Oh, yeah. And, uh, what you've been able to do and accumulate and build is, uh, not normal. Mm -hmm. So what tips do you have for people out there in, in business, growing a business, starting a business, getting started in a business, uh, just natural, you know, what, what advice do you have for people? Yeah. Um, I think work ethic is all about you. You know what I mean? Like what you want and that's the one thing you can control i can't control what anyone else does but what i can control is what i do you know what i mean that's my work ethic so i try to be the first person here last person out always with work ethic i try to make sure that i'm always doing things to get better because in work ethic you, you got to be getting better at the end of the day you, you have to and i look at it as we have a small chance on this earth that's it you know what i mean and then it's going to be gone so if you're not working at everything that you're doing, the hardest that you can, you shouldn't be doing it, you know, because I might not be first place in, 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 in AOP. I might not be in AOP is something that, you know, we trigger, you know, in our, in our, in our scoreboard. business, uh, our scoreboard, uh, you might not be first in that, but guess what? You can be first in your work ethic. You can be first in the amount of effort that you're putting in. We always say A&E, your attitude and your effort has to be impeccable. You know, I think that you did one thing on the uh, on the four troops, you know what I mean? Be impeccable with your word. And when we hire people, I let them know that I'm going to give you everything that I got. And I never want to slide away from that. So if they ever see me slacking or anything, I'm going to get back up and I'm going to be work harder than anybody else in here. Because I saw my dad work very hard. He, he left the house at four or five o'clock in the morning, drove to Warren and then was back like three, four o'clock, then coached baseball. You know, my baseball teams coach some of the football teams. So he was doing things. And I think I got that work ethic from him because I never saw him complain, never saw him miss a day of work. It doesn't matter what happened. So I knew if he can do it, I know I can do it. I always try to find somebody that was doing it. And I try to say, guess what? I got to compete. That's what my father taught me is how to compete. You know what I mean? Because you can only do what you can do. So I want to do it at the best of my ability. No doubt. What what things in leadership would you say you know now better after 10 years in the business mm -hmm. than seven years ago, five years ago? What, what do you think you're better at now if you could pinpoint a couple things mm -hmm. that you wish you knew then or that you wish you were better at seven years ago, 10 years ago? Uh, I think I'm better at connecting with people. You know, in, in leadership, you, you have to go from directing to connecting because if, ahead, you don't, if, if, if you do Give not connect me. with people, then they're not going to take your direction. And I think that now I look at people 
in the sense of their own eyes, not my own eyes. You know, I want more for people, you know, than what I want from them. And, and I think that's a big leadership piece. I'm able, I'm able to connect with more people. I'm able to now show them what I've been through. How do through. you do that now? Um, how, how did how did you get better at that? Or, you know, how do yeah. you connect with somebody? How do you get better at connecting with people? I try to figure out what 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 what's in it for them. You know, what what do they want? Instant insensitivity to people. I'm 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 learning people's names. I'm finding out what's important to them because what's important to them has got to be important to you in leadership. Always. If their mom's important, you better make sure that you make a, a, a big impact on them. Like we just had, and I'm not doing this to toot my own horn by any means, okay? Uh, but but we have a gentleman on my team. His name is Nick Atala. Uh, you know, he has a pool at his house, awesome setup. And I know that his mom is someone that's huge in his life. I'm talking about he has two children. Uh, he's not married, unfortunately. Uh, but his mom takes care of his children. His mom had knee surgery um, a little bit ago, and we had a call session at his house on Sunday. So before the call session, I went and got his mom flowers, and I got his little kids, you know, a little bit, a little toy, you know, something small, but I know it goes a big way because she's, 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 she's basically doing a lot for him and she's important to him and his kids are. So I wanted to show them that I appreciate them, you know, a hundred percent. And I feel like I would have never did that two years into the game. Never, ever, ever would even have thought about it. Love it. Love it. What, what mistakes would you say you can help people avoid, you know, what mistakes maybe did you make? in the first five years of your career that you know you won't make in the next five years of your career so people can benefit from some of those lessons? Um, I think a couple, I think I winged a couple of things. Uh, you know, a couple of meetings I would just wing, you know, I would, I would stay up all night, you know, not studying or anything like that. Just pick up a paper and just wing a meeting, you know, and that's something that, you know, if people are spending, you know, their time with you, you gotta, you gotta be prepared. So I think preparation now is, is, is key for me, but I think I winged a lot of things in the beginning. Um, I think I reacted off emotion, and I really didn't think about the situation or think about what's, what's in it for them. You know, what, what are they thinking? Are they brand new, nervous, scared? Um, and, and I would never think about that. You know, I wanted, you know, because I had a lot of success, I wanted them to have the same success I had, and I didn't think that someone different than me could have success. You know, I just looked at him as you got to be me. You got to do it like this. You got to do that. Uh, but now 10 years into the game, you know, now I'm knowing that, you know, everybody's not going to do it like me. And that's why sometimes you put top producers in positions. And guess what? They don't do that well in leadership because they're a producer and they try to get everybody to do it like them. But everybody's different. How have you been able to have, you know, they'll, they'll it's people feel like at times, I think that it's more difficult to function in in business or in a business setting where the diversity or the culture is not all uh, as many African Americans, you know, or whatever the situation may be. Um, I'm comfortable with it. I'm comfortable mm -hmm. talking about it. I'm comfortable allowing people to grow from your experience. Right. You've been able to play at a high level as a black man, mm -hmm. one of the top uh, performers in the company at times right. and definitely my one of my right hand mm -hmm. you know growing this business um how if anything ha have you seen that affect anything how have you been able to adapt adopt what advice would you give to somebody that's coming up in business or in this business that's an african-american male right. or female you know to be able to have the success that you've been able to have because i've watched you lead 
all different groups of people, mm -hmm. all different situations, and everybody love you. Right. So how how are you able to to do that? What advice would you give? Yeah, I think uh, I think it's about connecting with people, and I wanted to be that person. You know, I don't look at people black, white, Chinese, or, or, or anything. Um, I look at them as people. So if you look at people as people, when you use things as a motivating factor, like I want to be the only one, just so now I can show people that guess what, African Americans can do it. I don't care that I'm the only one. I, I, I go into it as I know I might be the only one. So guess what? I'm going to show people that I can do it. It, it, was, it was the same way when I was a stockbroker. You know, I used to tell you that, no, I don't want to come here just yet because I want to show people that African-Americans can get the job done being stockbrokers. And I was very successful there. And then I ended up stopping, you know, um, doing that and, of course, doing this. So um, I think the advice that, you, that I can give to people is don't 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 you, you use your mind. You know, don't 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 use your mind as a crutch, because if you let your mind negatively pollute you that there's only men here that do well here, there's only uh, Caucasians that do well here, then all of a sudden you're going to start to believe those things. Get around the winners, get around the people that are successful in the organization and model what they're doing. It doesn't matter who you are. But guess what? Even if they're doing better than you, then guess what? You can just try harder. You can put in more time. I remember I used to have people that instead of giving 12 presentations, needed to give 20. But some other people would say, no, because I gave 12 and I didn't have success, I can't do it. But that person gave 20. Why? It's all about the mind. It's all about what you feel and, and, how, you, and, 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 and how you react to basically the whole environment. So I would say you, you, you got to make sure that you guard your mind through, guess what, podcasts, through reading. And there's always someone that is getting the job done that looks like you. There is. You got to find them. And if they're not, then you take what other people have and try to do double the work. And guess what happens? When you start doing double the work, and you're getting the same result, you'll start to get some momentum. You'll start to get, get, get plays. And you'll start to get into the game. I think uh, switching gears, you know, everyone always comments about how big your arms are. <laughs> your big ass arms. 210, 205. <laughs> uh, what, what, what do you feel is your best arm workout? What's your best <laughs> bicep or tricep or arm workout uh, for cats that want to get some guns like these? Show oh them these goodness. suckers. Oh, Look at that's their busted. That's a bad one. Yeah. Look at that thing, bro. <laughs> Come on. Uh, um, I mean, it's really just discipline. Discipline and genetics. My dad has big arms, uh, but discipline and, and genetics. I really don't work them out more than anybody else. Uh, it's, 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 I think just genetic. So basically but, but my, you have no hope, but my, but my, if you don't have favorite, it in your genes, you're screwed. In, yeah, you got it. But my favorite one I think is, uh, is now is when I'm sitting down and, and just, and just, uh, concentration, it, concentration curls. curls. Yeah. I think that gives you a good pump that, and, uh, the one where, um, you're on the, what it's incline machine or whatnot. And you're, and you're going to get your curls, print your curls. You got it. Um, between those two, if you keep doing those, I think if you, consistently do it. I mean, this is from 13 years old, you know, 23 years. People ask me how long you've been working out. I'm like 23 years. They're like, oh, okay. You know, so if they're willing to do it for 23 years, I'm talking about some days we would work out three days a week. I mean, three times a day right. at Mercyhurst, you know? Right. So if they're willing to do that, uh, just like me, but most people don't want to do that work. The work. Yeah. Put the work in. Um, speaking about putting the work in, you know, a lot of people make excuses. Mm -hmm. uh, you can't do this. You know, you can't work hard because you got a family or because I'm married or because mm -hmm. you got kids or, you know, whatever. 
Um, how are you able to make it all happen? Because now you're married with yes. three kids, and I'm still seeing you put work in and get the job done. And you're a good, great dad mm-hmm. and a good husband. Yeah. Two things. I want to be the best. You know what I mean? I want to be the, the best dad. I want to be the best leader. I want to be the best at everything. And I want to be able to tell people. I think Marcus Smith said this. He's, I mean, I got on my chest, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. So why put limits on yourself? So I want to be the best dad and make a ton of money and be a good leader and be the number one person in, in AIL. Why? Because I want to show people that don't make excuses. I try to wake up every single morning, okay, uh, really early so I can get a lot of time in so I do not take away time from my family. You know, if I wake up at 5.30 in the morning, uh, my family's sleeping. You know, so now whenever I'm done with work, I can spend time with them. So I think the biggest thing is waking up in the morning and wanting to be the best. I want to have the best marriage. You know, we're, we're, we're listening to all these marriage podcasts and, and they say you got to work on it. So what? Every single week, I think I got this from you. We're, we're listening to a marriage podcast and talking about it. And it's making our marriage better because you can do it all. You know, why put limits? People say you can't be a good dad and, and be, be, a, be a great CEO. Why not? They just didn't want to put in the work. You know, the, you can put in the work and get everything done if you prepare. And that's why I try to wake up very early and get everything done. So now I have time for my wife later on. I have time for my kids later on. I want to be able to coach them. I want to be able to, you know, teach them rather than someone else, you know, doing doing those things. Talk to me about the, uh, you know, last two things. Uh, one is is the transition from being a stockbroker. Mm-hmm. You're making six figures. Yes. Took me multiple years mm-hmm. to bring you into this business, yes. to recruit you Three into years. this business. <laughs> Three years. Um, what was that like, you know, making that leap of faith? You know, cool. the, the, how would somebody, it seems like everybody wants to steal second and third base, but right. they don't want to take their foot off of first base. Amen. You can't steal second without getting you that can. foot off of first, you first can. base. So everybody wants to make this a big decision that takes them up, mm-hmm. but very safe right. and you can't do it. Right. You know, you got to be able to mm-hmm. give up something in order to go up. Right. Uh, what was that transition like? What would you tell people about making a you know a leap of faith in wherever they're at in their life? Uh, it was very scary. You know, for three years, uh, Simon wanted me to come, wanted me to come, and, and and I was scared to come. You know, I never told him I was scared, but I was scared. I was comfortable. Um, I thought at that time I was you know making good income, um, one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year, uh, and 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 I thought I'd be able to do a lot. And and what happened was I found with one hundred fifty thousand, I wasn't able to do that much. Uh, and what I mean by wasn't able to do that much, the things that I wanted to be able to do, I didn't want my wife to work. I wanted a bigger house. I wanted to be able to give to the church. I wanted to be able to give to my family. And and, and I wasn't able to do that with one hundred fifty thousand. Uh, so when I made that jump, I was very scared. But I knew if I put all my trust uh, in in Simon and the system. Uh, things would go well because I saw other people in the industry that I knew were not better than me. And when I look at my whole life, you know, I was afraid of commission. You know, I was afraid. It took me three years just to be on commission as a stockbroker. And, and I was scared, but I knew I could work hard. You know, I, I, I took that mentality that I could work hard, that I could make the phone calls, that I could, you know, be in the office, something that I can control myself. And, and, and I did very well. So when I got here, I put my head down And I said, I'm going to give it everything that I got. I'm going to pick the people's brains that were that that were doing well and see why they were doing well. 
Um, I woke up every morning at seven before seven, of course, but I was at the office every morning at 7 a.m. We had a 7 a.m. club. And from seven to nine, all we did is we studied and we studied. And when nine o'clock came, then we started making phone calls. So I think it, it, it got me a little bit at more at ease because I saw that it was only really hard work that I had to do. Sure. So while I was scared, I tried to look at the people that were doing great and I always thought, okay, I could do better than that. I always try to look two years down the road, four years down the road, eight years down the road. So even if I had a bad day or a bad week where I remember I did have a bad day one time and you came in and you told me, just get on film, you'll be okay. You know what I mean? I got on film and then, you know, I, was, I, I did very well. And so I try to keep a circle around me that would always lift me up whenever I got down. Um, and then I remembered those people whenever I got up that I made sure that they knew that I appreciated them, like the Jeff Thiels and the, and, the, and, the, and the Chris Williams, you know, the people that, you know, trained me early on in this business and made me successful. Love it. Last but not least, you know, we just got back from Italy. You know, a couple of days you and Tyler went out on a private yacht. <laughs> yes. You know, just you for mm -hmm. hours and hours in, um, in, in Italy. Um, things that people don't get to do. Things right. that people like you and I, you know, coming from Youngstown, Ohio, mm -hmm. you know, the north side, the east side, mm -hmm. don't do. No. Um, not at a all. lot of that comes from sacrifice. Sacrifice yes. creates opportunity. opportunity. Um, close us down. Talk to us about, you know, what sacrifice means to you, how sacrifice has helped you in your life, uh, what advice you would give to others that need to make sacrifices to take themselves to the next level. Yeah, sacrifice is everything. You know, if if you're not willing to sacrifice anything, you're you're not going to be willing to gain everything that this world you know has for you. Uh, sacrifices mean everything to me. You know, I've been I've been sacrificing some birthdays, uh, family reunions, uh, and, and it's only for a certain period of time. But I think what a lot of people don't sacrifice things is because they think, what if something happens to me? What if I pass away? What if I get an illness? I, and I think that deters people from sacrificing in their life. They're afraid that if they sacrifice their daughter's maybe first birthday party, and I get it. I never want to sacrifice and not be at my daughter's first birthday party either. But if I know it's going to make her fifth birthday party even better, I'm going to sacrifice the first one. And I'm not afraid and ashamed that if I'm not here for her fifth one, that, that, that I did something wrong. Because she will know that daddy was actually working so you can have a better lifetime. And I'm sure my wife would tell her that also. So you got to sacrifice a lot, not a little bit. You got to look at your life and you got to think about what do you want and what's it going to take to get there. And you got to be willing to put in that sacrifice because you're going to be here. You're going to be, you know, living because the average life expectancy is 80 to 90 years old. And I'm, I'm willing and I'm ready to go to a 90 or 100 years old. So you, you can't think negative when you think about sacrifice, because sacrifice is everything. I've sacrificed, you know, living, you know, in in in, in apartments, living in uh, hotels. I remember I used to drive from Pittsburgh to West Virginia and then back to Pittsburgh on a Friday. That's a two-hour drive to Clarksburg, West Virginia, and live in a hotel from Monday to Friday just because I wanted to be here right now. So I looked at whenever I sacrifice, I look at what's the long-term approach. And guess what? You'll learn more things when you sacrifice things, you got to look at there's always a nugget in something that you're learning. So, gang, if you're looking and you're thinking about, OK, do I want to sacrifice this birthday party? Do I want to sacrifice maybe not seeing my father, not seeing my mother? Guess who sacrifices a lot? The military. 
You know, so imagine the military, you know, they sacrificed two, three years at a time going to Afghanistan. They might not even come back. So I look at sacrificing for a birthday party. Guess what? That military individual, they didn't see their daughter, you know, for their first birthday. They had to Skype. That second birthday party, they didn't see them. So what's a small sacrifice to me if they're willing to defend our country and not even come back? It's small. So like you said before, perspective. 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 You know what I mean? What perspective are you well, putting know, on that sacrifice? You know, in, in, in our business, you know, one of the great things is, you know, I tell people I never want them to have to miss key events, yeah. you know, for their kids. Mm -hmm. you know, I never want you to miss a birthday want, party. Yeah. I never want you to miss a a, a major uh, a baseball game or anything that the kids got going on, anything major. I think we can work around those things. Definitely. Um, even before the kids – you know, I think uh, you made major sacrifices, mm -hmm. you know, so people see you now or they see where you're at now right. or they see where Matty D's at or they mm -hmm. see where this person's at now and they forget the sacrifices right. that were made in order to in order to Amen. create that stuff. Just so, like our parents, you know, true. parents sacrificed, you know, so so if they're willing to do it. Why, why aren't we? Amen. Why aren't Amen. we? Well, thanks for joining us, Justin. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you, brother. Thanks for joining Appreciate us on, on the Grindcast. Look forward to having you on again soon. Keep grinding. Oh, yeah. Count money, man. Money, Stack man. riches. Try, try, and told, try and told him I'm a beast, bud.